Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 150. 150. Kind of feels like a little bit of a mile marker. 150 episodes. Thanks for uh, being a part, being a faithful follower and listener. I do appreciate that so much. Uh, We're going to continue our series like we do every preseason, where I just talk about some of the observations from the preseason. So we did have another weekend of preseason football. Uh, some teams actually allowed their starters to get more reps this week than they did the week before. And then there were a few teams that continued to rest their best players, which is a little frustrating. But still, we got a glimpse of what many of the you know dynasty players that we're looking at can do. It's always fun to watch the preseason games from a dynasty perspective and see which kind of bottom of the roster types of moves managers make in response to what they see over the weekend. Uh, you realize that this has come out just a little bit later, a day later than normal. I'll just be honest with you, we had a death in, the, in my family, and uh, some deadlines with my real job really prevented me from watching every preseason game like I normally do on a weekend, and I did, uh, however, get time up to watch the first half of each game. And so like I did last week in the podcast, I just want to share a few of the things that uh, stood out to me from a dynasty perspective in preseason week number two. So we got 10 players to discuss here. First is Jacoby Myers. Myers is the best receiver on the Patriots team, I realize. Uh, he had three catches and a touchdown with Cam Newton in the first-team offense. Uh, he was definitely had the most chemistry with Cam Newton and likely will be the most targeted player next year, whether Newton or Mac Jones is the quarterback. Uh, this offseason, New England went hunting for pass catchers, signing Nelson Aguilar, <coughs> excuse me, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, uh, Johnny Smith, all of them in free agency. And while a few of them have been injured, Uh, during this preseason, and thus not on the field to compete for targets in these preseason games, Myers is taking advantage of the playing time, and I don't think he's going to relinquish it, uh, even when some of these free agent signees return from their injuries. I think Dynasty managers who picked up Myers at the end of the middle of the season, you know, after his breakout games in the middle of the season last year, they're going to be rewarded for their move this year. Myers, I don't think it's going to be, you know, he's going to just be more like a depth piece on Dynasty rosters. Likely startable in PPR leagues when better receivers are on bye weeks this season. I think New England's primarily a run-heavy team this next year, but Myers is going to be a crucial contributor in their passing game and can make some starts for us in our dynasty lineups. Next player, I uh, thought about this week watching the games with Nicole Hardman. Uh, Hardman was peppered with targets in the Chiefs' second preseason game, including a red zone uh, several times. Uh, he had an incredible catch, uh, touchdown catch while falling to the ground, even while he was draped by a defensive back. And then he was also missed by Patrick Mahomes two other, on two other red zone attempts. Um, I think the hype on Hardman is really going to pick up this week uh, due to that game. But maybe contrary to some, I don't believe that it's warranted. Uh, while the Chiefs played their starters for a long time in the game, Tyree Kill did not play. And Travis Kelsey only received one target, was just not part of the game. I think they were trying to work on other things. Uh, during this preseason game. And those are the reasons why Hardman received eight targets in this game. I think when the regular season comes around, it's going to go back to normal where Kelsey and Hill are going to soak up 50 to 60% of of Mahomes' targets during the season. 
and leaving the rest of running backs and really a mix, I think, of Hardman uh, with Demarcus Robinson, who started ahead of Hardman last year, and Byron Pringle, who actually had an excellent preseason game as well. I think Hardman is a great player to roster in best ball leagues, but he's uh, sure to have a few blow-up games. You know, he is going to have a few blow-up games for sure. Uh, I just don't think that he's going to provide the consistency that I want to have on my roster in most of my head-to-head leagues. Next player that I took notice of was Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson looked in control of the offense against Green Bay and even earned praise from Aaron Rodgers after the game, if you heard that. Wilson was quick with his reads. You could tell he really ran through his progressions pretty well. It was actually pretty nimble with his feet kind of moving around the pocket. I think he showed a strong connection with Corey Davis, his most targeted wide receiver, and then Tyler Croft, who caught Wilson's two touchdown passes. I think fellow rookie Elijah Moore has returned to practice this week, so Wilson's going to get more of his weapons back, which will make him look even better if he plays in the third preseason game. I think the just running back uh, committee, it still looks like a mess from a fantasy perspective with Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, and Tevin Coleman splitting carries. But the passing game, uh, unlike the running game, actually looked pretty good from a dynasty perspective. I think Wilson looks like he could really help Davis improve on his career best season last year in Tennessee. And then I believe Elijah Moore has really, I've said this before, I think he has a chance to have the best season among the rookie class. As for Chris Herndon, oh man, I think his dynasty value is fading away as Croft appears to have passed him by in New York. So long, Chris Herndon. That's too bad. Next guy's a little bit on the fringe, but I enjoyed watching him, uh, was Kylan Hill in that same game. Kylan Hill, he looked fantastic. In his second preseason game, he scored in the second uh, game in a row. And so that's pretty pretty great. And and the Packers really seem to already trust him in pass protection, and he is an excellent pass catcher. And so I think there's some real possibility that Hill's going to get some opportunities this season, even if Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon remain healthy. Hill was my 33rd ranked rookie before the NFL draft, but he fell to the 40s in my rankings after getting drafted in the seventh round by, by Green Bay. I remember really loving his college film um, and saw that, you know, he thought he could be like an excellent all-around running back that could fit in the NFL, but he fell quite a bit after skipping this COVID season uh, last year in college and just kind of went off the radar quite a bit. I think it's going to take an injury to Jones or Dylan for Hill to have a significant playing time this season. But he's a player that I want to stash on the back of my rosters this season in hopes uh, that he can earn a role or even succeed, earn a role or succeed if Jones is injured, causing the Packers to consider moving on from Jones, who did sign this new contract. But I remember hearing about how it was structured. It's structured in a way that the team's not going to, you know, take an insurmountable cap hit if they were to let Jones go after this one year. And so if Hill gets the opportunity to show something this year, with Dylan or Jones injured, then things could really change uh, quite a bit. The odds are still pretty low for Hill, but he's really fun to watch, and that's what makes me uh, think that he's going to have a chance to do something in the NFL. Next player I noticed this weekend was Logan Thomas. Um, Thomas had, of course, the breakout season last year, uh, but most Dynasty analysts believed it was just primarily because Alex Smith was his quarterback. You know, Smith always has been more of a check-down quarterback, and he was even more so last year coming back from his horrific injury. And so Thomas was peppered with targets last season by Smith. But now Ryan Fitzpatrick is his quarterback this year. And Fitzpatrick is more of a gunslinger who loves to throw deep instead of checking down. So many dynasty analysts thought that Thomas would be kind of a one-year wonder. But after watching this game this week, I'm as confident as ever in Thomas's role in the offense. The Washington football team's first play was a design pass to Thomas and it went for 28 yards. While he only had that one catch in the game, he was the primary target later in a red zone. 
um, and he played almost every snap with the first team. I think he's going to be a huge part of the offense. Though the football team did add uh, Curtis Samuel and Diami Brown uh, to their arsenal, I still put out trade offers for Thomas this week and signed him to a two-year contract and free agent auction a few weeks ago. I really believe that the best is yet to come for Thomas on an offense that's going to score a lot more this year than it did last year in his breakout season. Uh, signs looking up to me for Logan Thomas. Next player that stood out to me was uh, Terrace Marshall. Marshall just looked fantastic in his first two preseason games. He made significant down-the-field catches in each game, including a 34-yard reception in this preseason game number two. Uh, there's no doubt that he's going to be a third wide receiver in three wide receiver sets. Uh, he's going to get at least 100 targets, I believe, his, his rookie season. I have a Robbie Anderson shares, uh, so many Robbie Anderson shares in so many leagues, and I was beginning had to actually get worried that Marshall would replace Anderson after his contract expires this year. It seemed like it would be a reasonable decision for the team to make, given what they already saw from Marshall. Uh, but to my surprise, Anderson signed a two-year extension this week, even today, as I'm talking here. Um, I think that the Panthers uh, like the variety of skills that they have with lining up three receivers and DJ Moore um, and Anderson and Marshall. I think uh, that the Panthers are, you know, like the skill sets of all of those guys. I think 11 personnel will be Joe Brady's primary offensive set. Uh, so he's going to have those three talented receivers on the field for almost all of the snaps. And with Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, defenses are really going to have their hands full. I think Matt Rule is quickly building a pretty talented uh, athletic team. A couple more players to talk about here. Uh, one would be Najee Harris. Uh, Harris actually didn't have an excellent game on the ground this week, but it's very evident that he's going to get a lot of carries and many passes this year. Uh, he had one spectacular catch and run of 46 yards. It was so fun to see. Um, and he was targeted three times in his limited number of snaps. But after watching Pittsburgh's preseason games, both of them now, um, I'm really encouraged to see what was the, was the play calling from new offensive quarter Matt Canada. He's doing things very, very differently. And I'm throwing a lot to the running backs. And I think Harris is going to see a ton of work in the passing game. Running backs were targeted eight times in the second preseason game. If Harris is in the backfield for almost all of the Steelers games like I expect, Harris could near 100 targets this season. And that kind of opportunity changes everything in fantasy football, especially in PPR leagues. Hopefully that was uh, Harris's last preseason game. Uh, he could use a few weeks off, given what I think is going to be a very heavy workload once the season starts. Next player is uh, Devontae Booker. Uh, for the love of football, for the love of football, I want to see Saquon Barkley healthy this season. But I added Booker to many of my dynasty teams early this offseason before OTAs even began. Uh, because I was worried about Barkley. Uh, I thought that he'd be the clear handcuff for Barkley, uh, but news spread over the last few weeks that he was getting outplayed by Corey Clement, who the Giants also acquired this offseason. And so I actually, a few weeks ago, started adding Clement to many of my teams, especially the teams where I had Booker, just in case he actually did surpass Booker in the lineup. But after I wa what I watched this weekend, I just don't think Clement is going to you know, be the handcuff to New York. And I think it's pretty clearly Booker who outplayed him and had most of the first-team offensive reps um, in the second preseason game. Booker and Clement both made a few good plays, but it was apparent that he was ahead of, that uh, Booker was ahead of Clement in the lineup. I've always been higher on Booker, Booker. I'll have to admit that. I've always been higher on Booker than consensus from his rookie year to this day. Uh, he's never been able to hold off, hold off, you know, a starting position, but he's definitely more than a capable backup and can score fantasy points when he's thrust into a starting role. Uh, Wayne Gallman, was a startable player last year when Barkley got injured, so I really think that Booker could easily do the same this season. 
even though we all want to see Barkley play for sure. Two more for you here. Uh, I've got two players to talk about here, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Now, this quarterback competition is fierce in Denver. Locke looked like the clear winner last week after playing with the first team. Then Bridgewater looked like the obvious choice after playing with the first team offense this week. Uh, maybe either of them could produce so long as they actually have the first offense surrounding them. Um, it might not matter much, but Bridgewater looked far better with the second team offense last week than Locke did this week. Locke looked pretty bad with the second team offense. Locke has the arm to do things that Bridgewater can't, but Bridgewater, I think, is more accurate and more careful with the football. And so the decision might be made by the coaches based solely on philosophy over talent. You know, do they want to be conservative on offense and uh, win with a clean play, you know, type of games and play good defense? Uh, if so, they should trust Bridgewater. Or do they think that they need big plays to compete with the likes of the Chiefs and the Chargers in that division? Then they should trust Locke. <laughs> so... You hate to see this as a dynasty manager, but I'm confident that both players are going to start games this season. If I were to bet on it, I'd give Bridgewater the nod uh, to start the season. But Fangio, um, you know, he's he's got a stifling defense, and so I think he could trust him in that regard. But it's going to be a battle, and I'm pretty sure that both of them are going to start games uh, this season. Last player to mention uh, from Week 2 preseason was Pat Fryermuth. Uh, Fryermuth uh, put himself on the dynasty map. With two preseason touchdown catches this week, uh, both after Eric Ebron, Ebron actually dropped a well-defended but a very catchable ball on a third-down play. Uh, Fryermuth would easily have been the consensus top tight end in this rookie class were it not the fantastic prospect Kyle Pitts. Uh, Fryermuth fell in rookie drafts a little bit too this year, uh, given Eric Ebron's presence on the team and Ben Roethlisberger's uncertain future with the team given his age and his health. But Ben actually looked great. In this last week's game, if his elbow and his arm are fully recovered, uh, Fryermuth could begin to make a little bit of a fantasy impact, even in his rookie year, especially if Ebron continues to drop passes, which he's known for doing. Fryermuth reportedly does not ever drop a pass, and he's shined uh, in the red zone in practice as he did in this actual preseason game. The bummer on him is there are a lot of targets to go around in Pittsburgh, including fellow rookie Najee Harris, like I already spoke about. I think that there's going to be so many uh, passes going around. But you know how it is with tight ends. If you get one that uh, catches a touchdown pass, that's enough to, to be a top 12 you know, tight end for the week. And I think the Frymouth really could become a very consistent red zone target this year as he earns more of a role with the team in the years to come. This week he was very impressive and I think could earn a bigger role with the offense than I expected he would get in year number one. Well, that's it. A little bit shorter podcast this week. Uh, I've had a pretty heavy week with uh, my work and then some family stuff, but I do appreciate uh, those of you who listen. Uh, it would be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast, and I would love to talk to you anytime, so reach out to me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com, dynastyfreaks at gmail.com, dynastyfreaks with two E's. would love to uh, communicate with you, see what you're thinking about some of these players, if not some other players you want to talk to me about. It's Dynasty Freak time. Things are about to get real. Hope that you enjoy the last week of the preseason. I'll be back next week with some thoughts on preseason week number three. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. 
Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. 